And while I'm getting ready, I need a special volunteer. <laughs> I'm going to disappoint so many people. I already have someone selected. I'm sorry. And you'll understand why in just a moment. I need my Princess Ava to come up. You know, it's been, I've been here before. Some of you have never seen me. It has been over a year, and I'm excited to be back with you guys. Go that way a little bit. Scoot further. No, that way. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep, 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 keep. Okay, that's good. Right there. All right. All right, that's good. All right. Here we go. Are y'all ready? This is why Mrs. Goins does not like me in the kitchen, because these are not kitchen gloves. Now these are eggs. You know, an egg is a pretty amazing thing. You can do a lot of things with eggs, right? Where are my cake people at? Anybody in here like cake? Yeah, I figured. Did you know, you didn't know, but I'm going to tell you, that last weekend, our special guest Ava in our house, with the assistance of, where is Judah? There he is. They made our family a chocolate cake, and it was incredible. Ava knows how to work with eggs. You can do a lot of, you can make cupcakes. Where are the cupcake people at? Cupcake people, yeah. Cup, donut people. Where are the donut people? Yeah. You can do so much with eggs. You can. You can scramble them. You can fry them. You can boil them, you can decorate them, and even very recently, you probably hunt them, right? You can do so many things with eggs. You can do fancy things like make up a souffle. I mean, you can do so many things with eggs. They are so incredible. There was actually a commercial one time that said the incredible edible egg. Now, Ava, I have her up here because she knows her way around eggs. So I'm gonna need her help. Oh, well, what's wrong with that? Wait, 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 no, I got more, it's okay. Here, hold this one. Surely, they're not bad eggs, right? Let's see this. No, they, they still work. Here, this one. That one. Now these eggs, for some reason, they're different. How many of you thought, and I could tell by the reac reaction, you thought that they were about to bust. If Ava did not save the day, there would be a mess that you, ma'am, were going to have to clean up. <laughs> She's like, 
That's the look Mrs. Goins gives me too. You're already good at this. But there would have been a mess. There would have been a mess on Ava. But I have a secret. You see, I, see this looks just like a regular egg. A normal egg. An ordinary egg. But I knew that there was something different on the inside that none of you could see, that none of you knew. I knew that when I threw it, there was no danger of a mess, that everything was going to be okay, and even though Ava was nervous, that it was all going to be okay. And this reminds me of what the, the Bible verses they shared in the song that they sang this morning. It reminds me of a story in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories, and you're going to understand why in just a few moments, why it's one of my favorite. But if the story goes something like this, there is a king named Saul, and Saul has been a pretty good king. But he gets to the point where he makes some, some mistakes and he disobeys God. And God speaks to his prophet Samuel and he tells Samuel, he says, Samuel, it's time to anoint a new king. And what that meant was that God was deciding who was going to be the next king. God was making the choice. God was choosing. And so God told Samuel, he said, I want you to go to a town called Bethlehem. And find a man named Jesse. And when you find him there, you're going to anoint one of his sons to be the next king over Israel. So Samuel's like, well, how am I supposed to know which one to anoint? And God says, don't worry, I got that covered. So, so Samuel travels to Bethlehem. And he finds Jesse. And Jesse begins to march each of seven, seven of his sons in front of Samuel. He brings the first one in and Samuel looks at him and says, he's got to be the one. I mean, look at him. He's tall, strong. He looks like he could be a king. And Samuel is getting a little excited because he thinks he has found the one. But then something special happens. God says some incredible things to Samuel. He says, Samuel, he's not the one. You see, what you're seeing is what's on the outside. But I don't look at what man sees. I don't look at what's on the outside. I look at what's on the inside. I look at the heart. And so Samuel tells Jesse, he's not the one. Bring in the next one. And one by one, they bring Jesse brings in seven of his sons. And each time... God tells Samuel, nope, 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 nope. And he gets to the end, and now Samuel's confused. He's, what, what, is this it? You don't have any more sons? Because none of these are it. And Jesse says, well I, well, I do have one more son, but he's just a boy. And he's outside watching the sheep and the goat. And Samuel says, go get him and bring him in. So they go and find David out there watching the sheep and the goats, and they bring him in. And as soon as Samuel sees him, God says, he's the one. He's the one that's going to be the next king over Israel. And so Samuel gets out what they call a horn of oil, and he takes it and he breaks it. And David is standing there, and he pours oil 
all over David. Now think about this. Just a few minutes before this moment, David is out watching sheep and goats and maybe playing his harp because we know the Bible tells us he was very good at the harp. He's a 15-year-old boy and he's just hanging outside. And in a moment, now he finds himself standing in front of his dad, his brothers, and this prophet of God, Samuel. And he hears the words, you're going to be the next king. You know, when I think about this story, it makes me realize that sometimes we don't even see in ourselves not only what we're capable of, but what God wants to do in us and use us for. And what's also interesting about this story to me is that when Jesse brought all of his sons up in front of Samuel, he left David outside. You see, Jesse, David's own dad, didn't think David was ready to be a king. He didn't think that he had what it took. He didn't think that he had what was necessary, what was required to be a king. But God says, I don't look at what man sees. I look at the heart of people. And you know, in our home, there are two words. I'm sure you've heard this a lot. There are two words that we can't stand to hear used in our home, and those words are, I can't. We can't stand to hear any one of our kids say, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. In fact, last night, Maddox and I were playing basketball, and we were messing around, and he looked at me and he said, I want to say something, but you won't let me. And so we don't allow those words to be said in our house, and there's a reason why. It's because when we say, I can't, not only are we limiting ourselves, but we are limiting what God can do in us and what he wants to do through you. Not only do we put ourselves in a box, but we're saying, I can't, and we're saying, if I can't, surely God, you can't do something special in me. You can't, you can't use me for anything big. I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. Have, have, I've looked in a mirror many times and I've said that about myself. I can't. I can't. In fact, I'm going to tell, I want to tell you a story. And this is what I, was, what I meant when I said that I, why I love this story about David so much. This is a little bit of an embarrassing story. But when I was in seventh grade, I was in band. And I played an instrument called the alto saxophone. And I, I was okay at it. But I was new and I was learning and it was Christmas time. And at our church, they asked me to come on stage and for a Christmas program play Silent Night on the saxophone. So I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I worked at it and I got to where I could do it. But I was so shy. I was scared every time I had to get up in front of people. My hands sweat. I felt like my stomach was in knots. I was scared out of my mind. And my mom convinced me that it, was, it would be okay. And they told me that it would be okay because they would turn off the lights. And they would position me behind a piano so no one could even see me. 
That's how scared I was. I was 13 years old, just turned 13. And so the night came and my moment is about to arrive and I'm up there and I'm shaking and my hands are shaking and they're sweating. And I get on stage, they turn the lights and I sit down behind the piano. I remember no one can see me. And I began to play Silent Night. And for a moment, it's going really well. It sounds just like the song. And then about halfway through, I messed up. And I began to squeak on the saxophone. This horrible, annoying, loud, squeaky sound. And I stopped and my mom was sitting right next to me because she knew that I was so scared. And she was sitting right next to me and she said, you can do it, just keep going, keep playing. So I did, and I finished the song, but when I was finished, I ran off of that stage and tears were all in my eyes because I was so embarrassed about what happened. And I told myself, and I told my mom, and I told my dad, I said, I'll never stand up in front of people again. I'll never do it again. I don't have what it takes. I'm not good enough. I'm not brave enough. I can't be like the other people where it's so easy for them, it's so hard for me, and it must not be meant for me to stand up in front of people. And so I quit, and I stopped doing it. And I did, I hated being on the stage and in front of people, it scared me so bad. But then I got to college, and I decided while I was in college that I was going to really live for Jesus that I was gonna make him number one in my life. And I told God while I was in college, one night while I was praying, I said, God, whatever you want me to become, that's what I wanna do. Your plan for my life is much better than the plan I've laid out for myself. So God, whatever you want me to do, then that's what I wanna do. And you know what started happening? People started asking me to stand up and do things. And I didn't like it still. And I would stand up. I remember in college having to stand up in front of classes and my hands would sweat so bad because I was so nervous. But I remember what I prayed that I wanted to be whatever God wanted me to be. So I just kept trying and I kept doing it. And I kept getting asked to stand up and do this and stand up and do that and go here and do that. And do you know that if we could rewind time to that moment when I was in seventh grade. And you asked me in that moment, do you ever think that you'll stand up in a gym with a bunch of young people and some adults and talk about the Bible and share stories? Would you do it? You know what I would say? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would not do it. I would never do it. But there was something that happened in me that I really can't explain. But I know what happened because of what the Bible says. The Bible says that God sees something in us that we can't see in ourselves. In every single one of you that's here this morning, God sees something in you that you can't even see in yourself. You may be fast. 
You may, you may can jump high. You may be super smart. I know all of you are super smart. You may be really good at all kinds of things. And you know what? God, when he looks at you, you know what he says? That's awesome. I gave you those abilities and I gave you those skills. But I've got something that's even greater for you than that. Something better that we can't do on our own. Because here's the truth about that moment for me when I was in junior high when I got so embarrassed playing that night. The truth is, I didn't have what it took. I wasn't brave enough. I was scared. But when we reach a point to where we can't do the things that we feel like we need to do or that we're able to do, and we allow God to do something special in us and use us, then he takes us to places that we never thought was possible. He uses us for things that we never thought could happen. You see, when Samuel anointed David to be king, he was about 15 years old. And did you know that it's believed that it was just a short time later, maybe just a few months from that moment, is that when he stood on a battlefield by himself, standing in front of a giant named Goliath, and he put a rock in a slingshot, and he slung it around, and he hit Goliath in the head, and he killed the giant, saving all of the people of Israel. But it was just a few months before that where he was just a shepherd boy, watching sheep. Watching goats. And now, not only is he being prepared to be king, but he has saved the people of Israel. Why? Because God can use every single one of you. It doesn't matter how old you are. Even me. He's not finished using me for things. God can use every single one of you for wonderful, incredible things. And all we have to do is say, God... I want to make you number one in my life. You're the most important. And then he takes care of the rest. You see, these look like ordinary eggs. Just ordinary eggs. David looked like an ordinary egg. But God saw something different. There's another man in the Bible, Moses. God used Moses for incredible things. To not only lead millions of people out of slavery and bondage, but he also used him to stand in front of millions of people and lead them for 40 years in a desert. And you know, it's believed that Moses had a speech problem, a stutter problem. Moses looked like just an ordinary egg. There's another lady in the Bible, and there's so many, Esther. She was an orphan. She was adopted. But God raised her up to be a queen and save the people of Israel. But she seemed just like an ordinary egg. That was to you, Mrs. Williams. <laughs> Here, let's try the really white one. But God uses ordinary people. So no matter what you think about yourself, no matter even what other people say about you, this is what I want you to remember. That God has the last word in your life.
God created you for a plan, a purpose that's bigger than yourself and that will sometimes stretch you. But he'll take what looks ordinary and that's not going to break just by dropping it. And he'll use them for something special so that when everyone else is looking on and it looks like that's just an egg and if it drops, it'll break, it'll crush, and it'll make a mess. God says, nope, not this egg because there's something special on the inside and I have a special plan for that person. A special plan. So today and tomorrow and every day of your life, don't say I can't. Say, God, not only can I, but I can do more than what I'm capable of if I allow you to be number one in my life and use me. Let me pray for you guys. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every single young person that is here. And God, we know that you have a very special plan for all of their lives. Your word says that they are your masterpiece, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you have something incredible for them. And God, I ask that you would just help them to remember this moment that whenever, whenever they're going through life and they're going through their days, that they'll remember and they'll know and have the, the confidence and the assurance in their heart that they are capable of much more than they could ever imagine when you are number one in their lives. Lord, we thank you for every single one that is here. I thank you for all of the teachers and administrators that are leading these young people into great things that will bring you honor and glory. Use them in a very special way and help them to always remember that when they trust you, when they make you number one, that you've got everything under control and it's all going to work out. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for letting me come. Have a great day.